Elliot Goldstein is hosting a radio and podcast show out of New Mexico called NMDJ Presents Fly on the Wall. We are building a fresh, fabulous podcast library of musicians, writers, artists, and all good people of note, with many new and exciting guests to come. We are listener-funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. We appreciate your help. We would like to thank Alan Gower for the intro music. Enjoyed the show. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. I'd like to tell you how I got started. Um, I really had no idea on um, the beginnings of what had even where to start. And I stumbled upon Anchor by Spotify. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And I'll explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And um, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast automatically on listening platforms. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on other uh, platforms. And it, Anchor made it so simple. And um, it's all in one place. Everything you need to make a podcast, you can find in one place. And um, the amazing part is it's all free. So um, there is no uh, downside to any of this. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And again, it's the Anchor app or go anchor.fm. And it's real easy to get started. And um, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall and uh, back to the show. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Lee Oscar is a Danish harmonica player, notable for his contributions to the sound of the rock-funk fusion group War, which he formed with Howard E. Scott and Harold Brown, his solo work, and as a harmonica manufacturer. He continues to play with three other original War band members, Harold Brown, Howard Scott and B.B.D. Cushion, under the name Lowrider Band. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. 
Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Leoska has been described as a virtuoso, the harmonica whiz, a war hero, legendary, a master of musical wizardry, and considered among the best rock blues soul harmonica players. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years, because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So we will be listening to one of Lee's solo pieces and then joining the guys as they pick up their conversation. Enjoy and stay tuned for part two of this incredible meeting.
about the harmonica, yeah, it, it, it's around 1K, 2K, which can kill your ear if you don't play with good tone, or if it's not recorded properly. Right, right. A harmonica can be, harmonica is beautiful, beautiful sounding, but can also be very invasive on your ear if you, you know, if you're yeah. using the wrong mic, or if you're playing, like that 1K, 2K, that, that's the, like in the mix, that's where we hear most music is in the mix. Right. And so that's what we're most sensitive. And harmonica is right in that range. Right, right, right. It's no different than when you test a microphone, just to let you know, Elliot, when you say go take a microphone, you go test, 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 test. Ooh, that sounds good. It's because your voice is around the mitts. And we, and so the most microphones are made with they spike the mitts. And okay. spiking the mitts, um, it's good. You can hear the mitts more than, uh, in that case, but it also, you got the high, you got the highs and the lows, um, and the mids in right in that range, the one K, two K, boy, that can kill you. Yeah, I, I, uh, play, I play harmonica too. Nowhere good, okay. nowhere as good as you. Um, um, but um, you know, I've been playing for a long, long time, and um, yeah, I know what you mean. You, you can really do some damage. But um, unlike players like, um, you know, I hate to kind of. Uh, uh, compare people, but Magic Dick is a harmonica player. He, he, he you know, he's great uh, with the Jay Giles band. Now you could do all of that, but then you can do some really, really crooning type stuff. I, and I, I got that uh, term crooning from one of your reviews. I, I never oh, thought yeah. of it that way, but um, you could play real pretty. Well, when I consider myself, uh, when you talk about crooner, which is right up the alley, I, I personally consider myself in a lot of ways, as a singer rather than a harmonica player. I mean, I, when I play harmonica, I think of myself, when I was young, I loved playing solos. Sure. I still like solos, but I, I, more than anything, I love playing melodies, whether it's a counter line, as a horn line or something, or, to, or it's the melody itself, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I love playing, I love playing like I'm singing. Right. And, um, so that's, that's where I'm at, uh, whether it's horn lines or to lead an instrumental or whatever it is, yeah, it's it's like singing, it's phrasing. It's Ray Charles was my idol, yeah, and Ray Charles, the way he sings is the way I love to phrase. And how about harmonica players? Who do you um, pick up any uh, any type of influences from anybody? I know you started playing very young, but did you have any influences? Not. I'm sure if there's things that influence me all the time, you know, you know, subconsciously. I'm not, I wouldn't, no, I never leaned on a harmonica player saying, well, that's kind of going to fall. Okay. Um, when I first got introduced, when I came to Haight-Ashbury area, and I got introduced to um, uh, Paul Butterfield and, right. and, and um, Little Walter, and I realized he, he's been listening to Little Walter, um, I was very impressed with... Uh, the fact that there was a lot of blues and a lot of harmonica, all of a sudden another another spike with this music, and because I, I love blues and that, uh -huh. especially like I say, Charles, Ray Charles, the way he phrases. So my main influence has been Ray Charles uh, because I'm Eric Burton. I got introduced to people like uh -huh. Roland Kirk, right? Uh, Roland Kirk, uh, um, um, uh, King Curtis. I mean, there's so many okay. people. Yeah. That play amazing. That has nothing to do with harmonica. It's, yeah, it's about yeah. music. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and, and it's probably why you play so differently than everybody else. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So anyway, let's go back to the early days. You, you um, obviously, um, you know, you've been in this country for a long time. But, um, so you actually got you. You came to uh, the states. I came to United. I came to United States in '66. Right. So so it was pretty much when um, the whole psychedelic thing, when San Francisco was the music. Um, um, you know, oh yeah. Boiling point. And- Doing anything as if I have to learn. 
even I just like to even in the old, even in the uh, uh, past. Absolutely, really? I, 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 it doesn't inspire me to practice. It inspires me to to play. Or do, so if I'm if there's something that's challenging to me, yeah. Well, then then I'll take the challenge and apply it musically, and uh, you know, that's great. Uh, ra- ra- I don't want to think of it as as a challenge in work because that that that's that's conflict to music to me. Uh-huh. So even though physically you have to train and you have to memory, muscle memory, to me it's just repeated, repeated playing and enjoying rather than trying to, tap, uh, you know, perfect yeah. something. I never listen to records and learn to play. It's, it, it doesn't work for me. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working. So anyway, you, you came across when you were about 17, right? And 18, yeah. 18, Okay. And um, you moved to um, New York. You started off on the East Coast, and um, for a minute, yeah, for a minute. Oh, yeah. But uh, so, what were you doing? You were, you were kind of playing on the cor- on the street corners for. Uh, a- no, I, I I refused to do. I mean, I played on a street corner, of course, when you're in that situation on the streets, and you do, but you know, I, I always I used to always say to myself, those people, I. I see in the same street corner playing, so so that means that they have accepted that that's what they're going to apply their career or their work or their music. In other words, if you're standing in the street corner doing that, then, um, you know, that's where you decide to stop and hopefully you're going to get some food there. You know, I mean, it's like I can't, I would be, it was too too nerve-wracking, too scary for me back in those days to stand in the street corner and play because I, and then what? Where do I go to sleep, or what do I do? What right. do I eat? Right, right, you know, right. right. You so, don't know if going to get in. Okay, yeah. so, so so Luck had it, and you uh, uh, met Eric Burden. Uh, very fortunate. When I came to California, I met Eric Burden. Right, yes. okay. And um, uh, he had dis- disbanded the animals, and he was looking to put together a new thing. And um, you guys were introduced by... Um, was that would that have been the management at that time, the people who started managing? Uh, well, I'm trying to make a short version because this could be uh, three books. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, very short is that um, if you want to know just the scoop and everything, how I met Eric and how it happened. Um, if that's what you is that what you want to know? Yeah, sure. Okay, so back in Hollywood, uh, in, 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 I'm, I was on the streets and. And I would, um, you know, try to do what I had to do every day to survive, whether it's finding something to eat or where do I sleep and all that stuff that you, where we left off at. Uh, at the same time, I was trying to get record deals or find a connection to knock on some record uh, store, you know, record um, yeah. label. Right. You know. right. So ever since I was on a mission, uh, of course, nothing seemed to work, and I was uh, desperate. Um, and then I, I'm suddenly, I'm in this club that I go and jam a lot called the night, I mean, called the, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, experience. Uh-huh. And Marshall Brevis, who was the, um, owner of the experience, he had this club that's named that, uh, down in Sunset Boulevard, right. way east of, of, way east of Sunset Strip, which okay. was yeah. on the west side where, where you had the Whiskey Goku and you had, um, um, uh, whatever the other club is, but anyhow, um, that was popular down there. But where, where, um, I'm sorry, I'm talking 
uh, my brain dead these days today. Um, the um, experience was way east of where everything was happening, but but uh, Marshall Bradford made a net shot of the whole thing by even when some well-known band that played for the field of forum, right. uh, wherever it would be, musicians in the band would know, no matter who, they would know that there's a place in Hollywood that would go some jam, and that was the experience. Right. So, unfortunately, I was in that club, hanging out, uh, now for free in, and then a jam in, and, and Michael, um, Michael, um, Michael Pickett, um, uh, um, from Blue's Image, uh, Mike Pinero. Okay. And Blue's Image, they came from Florida and they jammed and Eric and I, uh, Eric I met and then Eric and I would be in that jam- club jamming with the band, with the Blue's Image. Right. And then when Blue's Image, uh, when we wanted to put a band together, Eric wanted me to be in the band and there was Blue's Image. Blue's Image just made a, re- a deal with, with re- at, at Records. Right. They had a, you know, right captain ride. So then Eric and I had to, we think how what we want to do as a band, and that's when we went down to this club where we were told there's a band called, um, I don't know what they were called, but the nucleus of that band um, called themselves Night Shifts. Right, right. And, and the Night Shift that that band was backing up a football player named Deacon Jones, who was doing his singing debut, and when Eric and I walked into this nightclub called the Ragdoll, there's this guy doing a one-arm push-up, singing his, singing some blues tune, some on beat tune. And I said, man, I must be a fucking wuss. If that makes you a man, man. <laughs> <laughs> And it was packed. So when he did his singing debut, um, uh, I, I jumped up without even really being invited. I, I jumped up and sat in with that band. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the band, uh, we sat around a swimming pool a couple of days later, next day, and uh, decided uh, that would be the band with Eric Burton, and that would be included. Yeah, that's pretty much okay. in a short story. Um, yeah, 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 and and uh, and uh, Howard and um, Harold Harold's. started in the Creators, right? They had a band called the Creators. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then that's that was the band. Yeah, that was the band that backed up Dean Jones. So that I was yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And yeah. then they added Charlie Miller to that. Charles Miller? Oh, Charles Miller. Oh, that must have been later on. Charles Miller was already there when, when I joined. Okay. When I put it, when, yeah, Charles Miller was a saxophone player. And yeah, then, yeah. Uh, and, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, so, and that was the whole premise behind war. The horn section was going to be sax and harmonica. I don't think it started the premise. The premise was that everybody wanted to go back out. Uh-huh. He did the new animals, and then he wanted to go into movies, and then he wanted to come back and to play again, and he wanted to get put a band together, and uh, that's he and I met, and that's and uh, and rest of the people went there to get a band. There was not nobody was thinking about highlighting harmonica and saxophone. That was my dream. Yeah, and uh, some people will say it was Eric's or Jerry Goldstein bullshit. Yeah, it was my dream, and uh, and thank God it. God blessed and, uh, okay. and so yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Jerry Goldstein did get uh, involved, and Jerry uh, wrote. Um, he was, you know, um, he was responsible for like my boyfriend's back, hang on, Sloopy, I want candy, that kind of stuff. And um, well, yeah, he yeah. Was, yeah. So yeah, he was a producer. Yeah, he was, he a, was a producer. But he was a producer, just in case you don't have all the facts. He was a 
a young guy in New York who's coming up to working in the music business uh-huh. and uh, producing that, and he wrote some, some you know, bubblegum songs. Yeah. And he was a Jerry Wexler and uh, Armin Onigan. And, you know, those, those guys look at somebody young like, like Jerry was to compare to them as being maybe an apprentice for them. Right, right. And apparently Jerry doesn't want to be an apprentice. He wants to be his own his own boss and learn, yeah. and learn from all these people and um, whatever, whatever it is he thinks he learned. And, uh, right. and it's right. So, so, so actually, uh, Jerry was like, was like, um, he kind of was like a best friend and he later became kind of like a worst enemy and, uh, you know, and everything in between. And, and just so everybody knows that there's no relationship. I'm not related to Jerry in any shape or form. Um, uh, oh, I know that. I know that. I know. You're lunch. Yeah, I know. You're lunch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, the problem I have with, uh, problem I have with, um, you're recording, so I don't want this to be right. heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, you guys put together a wall. No, 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 but, but, I'm, but I'm just trying to clear out something, Elliot. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about some things that I think are uh, too personal for me to want to be in the interview. Oh, yeah. No, we don't have to. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. So anyway, war, war, war came into uh, being, and, um, right. you know, Eric Burden took the lead. And um, I actually saw you guys play at the Felt Forum in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, I remember. Yeah, yeah. You know that? I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Your, your opening act was um, Shocking Blue. They had that hit Venus at the time, and um, I remember you guys. Uh, you know, Eric did a, a 15 minute ramp. Uh, ra- uh, uh, it started uh, rapping about um, clitorises, <laughs> and I was. I think I was 14 at the time, maybe 15. <laughs> And I had no idea what a clitoris was. <laughs> and, and he, he went through this whole big, it had to be 14, 15 minutes. And, um, you know, everybody was like, uh, wow, with their mouths open. This guy just, you know, uh, you know, just started, you know, doing this whole big speech. And then all I remember was that band was, uh, was a killer band. It was monstrous. It had well, so- Place. The Hall of the Mountain Kings 
whispered in my ear Something crazy She said Hot flames of fire roaring at my back As she disappeared But soon she returned In her hand was a bottle of wine In the other a glass She poured some of the wine from the bottle into the glass Raised it to her lips And just before she drank She said Take a I, I was following Eric Burden. You know, I, I love the animals, and right. um, but I don't think he ever sounded better than live. You know, than he did live with War. Mm -hmm. And um, you know that that has a lot to do with you know that whole band thing was just an incredible yeah. band. And um, yeah. so anyway, yeah, you, Spill the Wine um, was the big hit that you guys had with Eric, and. Um, you know, then Eric left. He whatever he he went on his own, and you guys continued, and your hits kept getting bigger and better, right? Yeah. And um, I think you, um, you know, I think when Eric left, people thought that would be the end of war. I, I you know, but it, just the opposite. That band took on a life of its own and became, yeah. uh, you know, um, well, it became the classic band that you know it, it turned into. Um. So what was so once Eric left, who kind of um, led led the band? Who kind of took over the reins? Um, it's a, it's a simple question, but uh, it's uh, Tough it's not as yeah. no because uh, then uh, if if I was to answer it kind of dry, you it would it would kill the culture of what you may want to try to learn about how we okay. did things. Basically, um. Basically, when Eric Burton wasn't around, um, we just continued as as, um, as a bunch of comrades uh, playing. But we never we I mean, when we came to on stage, we always um, you know gave recognition to Howard Scott as the band leader. Uh -huh. uh, you know, right. I, I don't know. Or it's agree, but um, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's not that Eastern wanted to tell everybody what to play or anything like that. Nobody ever does that in this in this camp. Uh, we would uh, fucking kill each other. We yeah. would we'd be fighting if we start telling me how to play. So, 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 you, so you guys are pretty much like a gang too, right? 
you know, just kind of like, you know, guys, you, you, you um, took care of each other. You made sure everybody was doing the right thing. Uh, kind of. We took care of each other. We around each other. We don't around each other. We don't take care of each other. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a home life too and all that. Uh, we, we, it, it, it's, it's just when we're on stage playing, we never, we don't even hardly ever rehearse or no rehearse. We just get up and play. Yeah. It's just if we never stop playing. It's just, it's just something that I can't even logically explain to you or, or, or even intelligently tell you what the arrangement is. I, if I was to walk through it and talk through it, I would only be able to do it half ass. Uh-huh. Because it's as soon as, as soon as you put your mind in my mouth or everybody's playing, uh, it's almost like the muscle reflexes tells us some evolution in where we, where we ended up with, uh, with, uh, this compositions or any of the compositions. Because it, it evolves, uh, we never play the same way twice. So, right, right. Um, so it's a, it's a tough one just to cut and dry to give an answer like that. Um, uh-huh. and, and you know, going yeah. And um, so anyway, uh, you know, war was. Super- but I have. But before you go on to other questions, if if I may, if you can hold, yeah. I have a couple of things you mentioned, like that I think are very significant. Um, New York Film for except the New York Film you were there. Yeah. Um, so the story there, and I believe we only played there once. Uh-huh, I believe so and too, yep. And that was the time, and if that is the, it was, um, do you recall when you were at the show that all of a sudden, Hal Brown got up on the drums and he went, da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm tired yeah. of playing, I'm tired of playing this Uncle Tom music. Do you remember him saying that? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yep, you do. There was a little, yep, there was a little uh, squabble back there. You do remember that. Okay, that's yeah. very significant. So yep. that, this is, I mean, that's a rare moment for me to know somebody was in the audience. Yep. That was a, yep. that was a pivot, that was a pivot point in my, one of my points in my, in my, uh, career, yep. uh, my life with, uh, especially when you talk about war. So what happened was, uh, I had, I was on a, on a, on an H1 visa. In the United States, and uh, and uh, or B something B one B two I think went to, okay. and Eric Bird was also on some temporary visa. When we got to, we went to Europe to play, and uh, I legally had to take care of things so I can get back into the United States because I didn't have a green card. And my right. visa was expired, right. so. Right. Um, so then they told me, you know, people in, in our camp, that Eric and myself, uh, we were now, I think we were in Hamburg, Germany. You go to the embassy and they will have they, they will have the visa for you. So we went, me and Eric, and uh, Eric got his. I didn't get mine. They didn't have it for me. Wow. So um, when we were in um, Holland, I forget it was Holland or where it might have been Holland. It was the last place before we went back to the United States. Um, they went to the airport, had my suitcase, and uh, I was carrying a carton of cigarettes. Uh-huh. I was still smoking back then. No clothes with me, and I went to the immig- uh, to the U.S. Embassy and uh, and to get the visa. There was no visa there, no visa. So then I had to. Uh, figure out how to get back into the United States because um, the Fillmore gig was, was in two days. Uh-huh. 
And now it's very complicated. It was much easier back then than yeah. it would have been today because yeah. computers today, you can't, I waited for uh, a, a certain um, staff to, you know, run through so they wouldn't know I came from the same flight. You know, it was, it was very challenging trying to get back into the United States without the proper documents. But I did. Yeah. I got in. Okay. As a, as a president. And then when I drove, when the taxi took me up to the film hall, Right up to the front there, Terry McVeigh, yeah. our roadie, he was waiting. <laughs> I hadn't talked to him in like in four days. He was waiting. And I got there before, like five minutes before we had to get on stage. Wow. And I'd been up like three days not knowing what, you know, I was wow. exhausted. Wow. So wow. when I got, I got up on the stage, and by the way, the taxi cab driver, I gave him a lot of Dutch money. He didn't know what the fuck I gave him. It looked like Monopoly. <laughs> And it was a and it was a pretty big bill, you know, from the airport and all that. And, sure. But uh, he didn't have time to argue with me because I had a split. And but yeah. he probably ended up he he ended up finding out he got more money than he than than the meter. But yeah, yeah. anyhow, so I got on stage and I was exa- I was exhausted, and I was so looking forward to playing that blues. Yeah. Um. 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 Memphis Slim tune. Um. Um. Uh, um sorry. No, 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 I was I'm waiting for you. Yeah, the, 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 what is the name of it? Um, um, uh, Mother Earth. I'm sorry, Mother Earth. Okay. So Eric, yeah, Eric was singing that tune, and and just as, and I did my solo. As soon as I finished my solo, um, that's when Hale got off the drums and going, da, 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 you know, hitting the fucking snare. He says, I'm trying to play this Uncle Tom music. Wow. And at that point, I don't even remember what happened. All I remember is it's, you could hear a pin needle. All, everybody in that audience, that means you too, was like quiet, like with the mouth open. It was like, because nobody, it was shocking what, what, <laughs> what yeah. hell Brown did. Yeah. That so, was what happened. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So, um, so what happened? How did, I guess, Everything was put to rest. Uh, Harold's been around for you know a long time after that, so I guess he, I guess he got better, huh? No, what happened is after Harold did that, and and I was exhausted. Nobody has any idea what I went through to get back into the United States. Yeah, and uh, and next thing I see Harold and Howard hawking you, Harold and um, Eric yeah. hawking each other. They understood, blah, blah, and then, and then we went back up. I think continued to play. I don't remember. I was so, yeah. I, I, I don't know if we did, but I think we did. We must have yeah. come back up. Did well, we? Yeah, I think you did. It was, I mean, I, I, it was, I, I don't know if people thought that it was supposed to have happened that way or, or what, <laughs> but it just, yeah, I just remember the show being an, an incredible show. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, I think maybe that's when Eric told that crazy story about, uh, you know, uh, clitoris and vaginas. I think he was buying some time. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pro- I think that's probably what Pro- it, I think Pro- it was at, at the same time. Um, Pro- so. Yeah, yeah. Probably now, so. now, now it kind of makes sense why the whole thing went down. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, I was just oblivious to anything that happened after Harold got on because I was so... Exhausted and drained from all the worries, and then all of a sudden, he, <laughs> and they had no idea what happened. Yeah. But I just got through. I mean, I had to even fucking tell immigration that they were, "Well, where's your suitcase?" And I made up some story, you know. Like, I mean, it's just, right. Yeah. Now, 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 yeah. is it true that Jimi Hendrix's last um, live appearance was with your band? 
Yeah. Uh-huh. He, uh, I met him, I met, um, Jimi Hendrix, uh, you know, a few times. Yeah. Before that happened, uh, because of Eric. Right. You got to understand Eric, you know, Eric Burden, uh, well, you're a fan, so you know, Eric yeah. Burden was a, in the same, same level as, uh, Mick Jagger, Rolling Stones, you know, yeah. I mean, yep. I mean, he, yep, yep, yep. If you talk about Eric Burden Animals, Mick yeah. Jagger and the Rolling Stones, so, Oh, uh, the Beatles, I mean, they were all in the same level. They right. were huge. Yeah, they were. And, uh, so, you know, so where Eric Burton was, you know, just like, um, um, just think about some people and my name leaves me. But anyhow, a lot of people, you know, I mean, a lot of stars, a lot of people hang out. Uh, fortunately, myself, uh, I get anybody in a band, uh, as far as there, you know, was, was, um, treated I mean, I was a fly on the wall, so I was, I was always wherever Eric was. I mean, right. Eric had no problem. He's a star, and we, we just—it wasn't like that at all. Right. So everybody else, you know, Tim Morrison or anybody, they, they knew, they knew who I was. Um, they, they, you know, Eric and hang out, and they knew me by my, they knew all of us by first names. And when I was on stage at the, um, at the, um, uh, um. Well, I just Ronnie Scott's jazz Scott. club. Yeah, Ronnie Scott's. Um, you know, he was standing right next to me, and he even uh, he even asked in some ways, "Does my do I sound okay?" Because he wasn't in great shape, but he sounded amazing to me. Right. So I didn't do my solo. He did his. He Howard Scott did a solo, and he did a solo. Wow. You know, uh-huh. and it's like, and uh, it was just amazing. But the sad part was with Elliot. Um, just a slice of this industry we in is that it ain't about the fucking music. No. It's always about sensationalism, about everything else but the music. And here, here's a company that signed Eric Burden and Wall was Liberty Records right. in, for Europe, right. like United Artists. Uh-huh. You know, um, uh, was Wall, but an MGM, as you may know, was the Animals, and Eric couldn't get out of the MGM out of out of the, the deal they had. They carried over the animals. Right. So, but Liberty Records in Europe um, made a deal with Eric Burton and Wall, and uh, some of the people from the Liberty camp sitting in the audience of Ronnie Scott, it was really pathetic. They were like, you could tell, like they were. That's 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 their guy because Howard Scott is a guitar player yeah. in Wall and Wall is with Liberty Records. That's our guy, you know. Yeah. And then they start comparing him with. Uh, Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy wasn't in great shape, you know, so it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's that typical thing, <laughs> like you've seen Shakespeare too, that yeah. you knock somebody down so you can, you can make yourself look better, you know, well, let, so. Let me ask you a question. You, you've been around this, um, you know, this, uh, uh, business a long time. Um, I, I, I've been talking to a lot of guys, a lot of guys that, um, you know, San Francisco, a lot of guys back on the East Coast, um, the music business is just is a terrible business to be in. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, Lenny White this morning, actually, and we were discussing some things that um, you're lucky. It was Eric Burden and more. Usually the and part of the band gets the uh, uh, yeah. crap end of the stick, so to speak, you know. Um, like, well, there was a reason. Yeah. No, I know that. Yeah, you know. Go tell your story. Yeah. But there's a reason why 
You know, Frank right. Zapper and the Mothers of Invention, the Mothers, oh, you know, you know, uh, David Bowie and the Spiders. You know, it was always Andy that got the, uh, you know, the, the worst part of the deal. Um, I think War was lucky that Eric walked away, and you guys were tremendous after he left. Well, no, that's not the way it was. It was actually planned, pretty much the way it went. Um, so when I met Eric Burden at, uh, and we were playing, uh, you know, playing jamming with him, and we, uh, I'm at both at the, uh, at, um, the experience and the whiskey of Gogo and, you know, right, everything right. all that stuff. Um, he, um, what was I going with this? I'm sorry, man. My brain is like 10 different things when you were just in there. Yeah, the, um, the, the whole thing was planned at Eric's, I guess Eric's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. So thank you. Yeah. So when I, when I, Eric and I met, um, he wanted to, he, you know, he, he wanted to go with Steve Gold and Jerry Goldstein, you know, and, and Steve Gold was with Jerry Goldstein's partner. Right. Steve Gold is dead. Steve Gold was brilliant, by the way. Brilliant, but crazy and, and a social, uh, fucking, uh, nutcase. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, when he, he was brilliant, but when he, like, when he, if he laughs, he laughs out of both nostrils, out of both ears. Uh, his eyes, I mean, it's like, un- <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of stories I can tell you about him. So let me just share a couple of things that I just, so you get them. Okay. You got time? Um, I'm all yours. I have all the okay. time we need. All right. Okay. So for example, Steve Gold, uh, and I don't want to lose something I want to say, but I'm going to take you off a little trip so you can understand Steve. And then sure. I want to mention about, um, let me write a note here. Spill the wine. I want to talk about right. MGM, MGM records because he, this is important stuff. If, if there's anything important here, sure. Um, MGM records. Um, spill the wine. What else was going to say? Okay, so boy, this you leave with so many old. Okay, so Burton was signed. Just take notice of this stuff here because this is really, I think, very important in history. Uh, if there's anything important about this. Uh-huh. Um, okay. We had a record with Eric Burden. Um, we were going to put out as a single. The A side was going to be Magic Mountain. Right. And the B side was Spill the Wine. Right. Did you know that already? Yeah, yeah. But um, tell tell everybody okay, the story. Okay. Tell everybody no, the story. I, I want everybody to hear this. And yeah, and and I know they flipped it. The DJs um, prefer the B side. Okay, so yeah, but it's more true than that. Yeah, exactly. So, so it wasn't really that. It was Mike Curb was the uh, was the record company president, right? You know, Mike Curb from, yes, yes, from sure. MGM. Right? Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Well, Mike Curb, who has a certain taste in music, um, brought in the Osman Brothers. Uh, Austin, not brother, Austin family or whatever, uh-huh. you know, to compete with the, my, with the Jackson family or whatever. So, right, you know, right. it was, you know, that whole pop thing, Mike Curve is, is a player. And, um, he wouldn't let Eric out of the, uh, MGM agreement. And the M- MGM, MGM agreement signed way back, while back with the animals, uh, as I said, carried over at this point. And he was still signed, Eric, to MGM. And MGM's deal was that um, signing to MGM, they have the rights to publishing. Publishing. Okay. Anything you write 
is it belongs to MGM Property. Okay. So, so when we did spill the wine, and by the way, there's a rumor also which is absolutely wrong, and I need to, you need to put this in the story view with too. This whole thing about spill the wine. So that, first of all, it was created. I'll get back to MGM in a second. It was created. Eric, I didn't have a car, and I was staying at Eric's, sleeping on his couch, and. And uh, I went to, we went to do a gig, one of the first gigs Eric Burton and Wall, we did in San Bernardino. And when Eric gave me a ride and we were driving to San Bernardino, his girlfriend was Carmen, this, uh, this chick who lives with him, uh, lived with him then, uh-huh. Carmen, she speaks Spanish. Uh-huh. And he was saying to me, Eric was saying to me while I was driving to the gig, says, man, I'd love to do something with Carmen, it was like, a, like kind of a, um, a Latin groove. Uh, play like a Latin groove and then, and then Carmen will talk in Spanish, like, uh, spill the wine, you know, like, um, yeah. you know, like, spill the wine and, uh, right. you know, spill the alcohol and, and take the acid, LSD, you know, uh-huh. uh, so that's what it was about. It was, it's not like spill the wine, take that girl. It was right. about spill the wine, take that pearl. Pearl. Right. Okay. Acid. Okay. All right. So, and, um, uh, my curb, he wanted, he heard, he heard, uh, uh, Magic Mountain first, and he said, after that, because he was anti-sex and anti-drugs. He was against, uh, you know, back then that the end thing was to be uh, anti-drugs and anti-sex. You had the clinic, the free clinic, because yeah. of all the venereal. Right. right. So that was his political co- campaign, you know, work for me, California, gown of California, work for me, and, and I will take care of him, make sure there's no, no, Venereal diseases and you know all this bullshit. Sure. Um, so, so Mike Kirk thought that um, he actually, he thought that he had he had wall because uh, Steve Gold was brilliant when he when we did the first album called it was called Eric Burton declares wall. Right. So, so he had introduced the band wall. Where MGM has nothing to do with the band Wall, only with Eric. So it's Eric's backup band, but, right, uh, right, but right, right, it's right. a clever way from the name. Eric Burton declares Wall. And then the idea was that, that, uh, as a Wall album at the same time as a backup band for Ealing Joe, but then that, that didn't work out. Right. Of course, as we had, or anybody would hope. And yeah. So, so the dynamics of the business part, it's really the dynamics of what has really challenged all of us in our music career because we've been more in this industry dealing with a legal animal than we have been dealing with a business animal. Okay? Uh-huh. Yeah. And business and, and legality is totally different animals, totally different. Sure. They don't even yep. don't, they don't even have anything in common. Right. A lot of people think they're the same. They're not at all. Yeah. Totally different. And uh, and my curb. Uh, became lieutenant governor of uh, California. No, he was going for it. I don't think he did. Um, no, he did. He actually won, I think. And oh, he, he won. Okay. And I understand that he um, he he got rid of like a dozen, two dozen acts off the label that he considered drug-related bands, like uh, uh, Frank Zappa's, you know, the Mothers of Invention. He got rid of. Um, oh, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, yeah. He's a squeaky, squeaky. I mean, it's got, there's no soul, nothing, yeah. But let me tell you something else in about the guys, you, since you, uh, you know that. Um, when the free clinic, I mean, when, uh, 
when Mike Kerr was doing his monologue, his speech, wrote for me uh-huh. at, a, at one of the big venues on Sunset Boulevard, you know, back years ago. It was the same place they did Laugh-In for the TV. He held a, he held a, um, a speech there. Right. Um, where people would come and hear him, listen to him, vote for me, uh, as the gov- as, as, vote for me for the lieutenant governor of California and anti-drugs and anti-sag, you know, all that kind of shit, vote for me. Um, Steve Gold had contacted the free clinic and, and paid and, and made sure the free clinic would have a bumper sticker right. to sell, yep. to sell that, that would raise money when people walk out of the auditorium into the through the lobby after they heard Mike, wait a second. Can I tell you what? It, can I tell you what the bumper sticker said? Oh, you know already, huh? Cur- yeah. Curb the clap. That's right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How'd you know? I How'd know. you know? I, I, I've, I've you followed know? you guys for a long time. I told you that. Yeah, but I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah, curb the clap. Curb the clap. And um, Ronald Reagan and is the guy who got uh, Curb into politics. Got you. And yeah. Curb is the same, spelled the same way. Curb the class. Yeah, curb spelled the same way. Yep, yep, yep. You yep. Know. yep. And that was, that, that, that was Eric Burden's, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, screw you back to him kind of thing. And right, well, that's Steve Gold. And that's Steve Gold. He was brilliant. Steve Gold is the same guy who did yeah. Eric Burden the class war. He's the same guy that, um, you know, Kurt DeClab. He's the same guy, Black Man's Burton, the second yep. double album, is using his, his last name as, uh, as Black Man's Burton. Yep. Wow. Uh, no, he, he was brilliant. Yeah, he was. And, and what ended up happening to that guy, you should know. I mean, he's passed. Now he's passed, unfortunately. Right. Um, but he was considered a bad guy, and Jerry Goldstein was considered a good guy. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it was not that way. Uh, Steve Gold was, was a good guy, brilliant, but just fucking crazy. Yeah. But what he did is, he thought, he got put out by Jerry and some other people, and finally, because I had left, and other people left, and then I think Steve Gold started to hang out with Ike Turner, and he, he hated, you know, drugs, cocaine. He loved LST, but he didn't yeah. like cocaine. Okay. And, uh, and then, uh, Next thing you know, he got into with um, doing bass with um, with uh, uh, um, uh, Ike Turner, uh-huh. and uh, and and that's because he was so disillusioned with the, the way business was really going. It was going a whole different direction than originally it was supposed to be. So Steve Gold was very tired, upset, and not not happy with Jerry Goldstein, and and a lot of things came down. So they got rid of Steve Gold, and he ended up going into a rehab. When he went into rehab, uh, because of, you know, the, the base smoking and shit, sure. um, he was there two years and, and became a, um, a counselor. Wow. While he was, while he was in there as a counselor, uh, he came to his night shift, like a nighttime where he was doing his shift. <laughs> and, uh, he walks in and he sees this new patient in a bed right there when he walks in. And there's a guitar leaning against the bed. So he, he walks up, you know, politely and, yeah. and she looks kind of trying like she was out of it. And he says, uh, do you play guitar? And she kind of goes, uh huh. She says, do you know anybody in the music business? And he, she says, yeah. He says, well, who do you know? And he said, and she, 
she says, Steve Gold. Oh, wow. He says, really? I'm Steve Gold. She sits straight up and says, am, am I in hell? <laughs> am I in hell? <laughs> no. He says, no. No, I'm your night counselor. Wow. <laughs> wow. Who was the... So, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't say, say who the woman was. but uh, yeah. I wouldn't know who she is. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. know who she is. Wow. But Steve Gold, Steve Gold told me that because once we connected Brett Brad after a couple of years and yeah. realizing he was not that guy, and Hale Brown saved him because he had some real strange disease even and got sick and that. So he took him like it was his father. Like he, he moved to New Orleans and stayed at this yeah. property where he was living. Wow. Um, and yeah. I, Steve and, Gold, and I don't know if everybody out there knows this, but um, your album, The World is a Ghetto, that was Billboard's best-selling album in 73. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot, buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing under license in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. Walking down the street 
Jordan uh, got it. There was an interview, not uh, fairly recently, I don't know, it could be a year ago, two years ago, but I don't know, but uh-huh. it's pretty good. Um, I, I found I was reading, and it was Lonnie Jordan was, being, was the one being interviewed for this war thing, uh-huh. and he made, mentions that, um, um, that uh, what's his name now? Jesus Christ, the middle, um, uh, my. Buddy, uh, oh, Howard, Howard yeah, Millen. Okay. No, no, not Howard Scott. No, no, not Howard, Scott. Howard. Yeah. Not, not Howard Scott, Howard Miller. Okay. He mentions, he mentions that Howard, who was the art, I was the art director, you know, for all the war stuff too. I did all the, yeah. direct, all the graphics and everything. Uh-huh. And, uh, um, and Howard Miller I used for some, some illustrations after I designed the ideas. Yeah. One was World is a Ghetto, and the other one was Why Can't We Be Friends? And, um, you know, so I'm the one that's really the art director to, to design the stuff, not Howard Miller. Right. right. And, uh, but, you know, guys like like Lonnie, uh, who is in uh, the bullshit camp of Jerry Goldstein, uh, yeah. you know, he, he's not going to, he's not going to say anything that, that, uh, can compliment me. No. He knows better. I was the, I was Howard Miller Drew, but I was the one that was the art director well, now, all the stuff. Now, 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 Lonnie has the um. He's in the act. He's in the band, quote unquote, war, right? Yeah, that's a trademark that Jared Goldstein yeah, owns. Yeah, yeah. So he's the only original member in that band. Who's playing harp? That's, who's playing harp there? That's uh, um um. What's his name? Uh, Stan Stan Stanley Byrne. Okay. There's just no way. He, there's no way he could touch you. I mean, I don't even know who this guy is, but I mean, you know. Well, I mean, there's nobody can. But that that doesn't. Nothing can touch what we did. Uh, but I'm just saying, nobody, nobody could touch what you would do now. You know, every time you go out with this, I saw you guys play. I saw Lowrider. I, I was managing um, amphitheaters, and uh, oh, okay. one in New Mexico and one in um, Arizona. I saw you right. guys play Arizona maybe seven, eight years ago. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Andy Summers was on the bill. I think you guys headlined. Uh, okay. It was a private um, um, 
a private uh, producer brought 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 you guys in. It was a, you know we they just kind of rented the territory from us. They rented the amphitheater, right, right. and you guys right. were still mothers out there, man. You guys just friggin' ripped the place apart. And I can't, I cannot see any other band doing, uh, that material the way, you know, the way you guys pull it off. Yeah, well, thank you. And I, I, uh, I couldn't either, but, uh, you know, um, I hope you don't got thin skin. Uh, maybe you don't need thin skin for this, but to be honest with you, the, 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 the band war, as we were called, or called, we were called, uh, we seven, I mean, we played, uh, like every fucking thing meant the world, you know. What I mean, yeah. we, we there was no, we 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 in in the moment, yeah. And when we play, and when we play in the moment, there's no compromise. We never, we could never tell each other what to play. Uh, we would even, we could never. We would, like I said before, we'd be fighting. Uh, sure. uh, so there's a whole thing, and I feel like the band that's out there playing, representing us, or trying to represent us. Of course, first of all, it's nothing but. Um, it's, it's a, a, cop, a copy band, a cover. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. Call, what, what's the word? Proper word? Yeah, cover, um, cover band, yeah. No, there's a better word than that. Um, uh, a, a tribute band. Tribute band, thank you. That's a nicer word. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if there, were, if there was honestly a tribute to us, which it would be respectful, I would appreciate it. But when all those guys live in my shadow and Howard's and Harold's, our shadows, pretending pretending to be us even, like when a fan comes up and says, man, my my parents play stuff all the time, I grew up with it, I love you guys, you're amazing. Nobody ever says, well, hold on a second, that's very nice, but we're really a tribute band that, that, that the guys that your parents listen to, nobody here but Lonnie Jordan, everybody yeah. else is not, right. and they're not dead either. Right, yeah, 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 I mean, it is a shame, um, but I, I mean, you, you must remember when uh, Fleetwood Mac was going through that turmoil, there was two Fleetwood Macs uh, out there performing at the same time, you know. Well, that's why that's why they had the laws. Yeah. The laws, but the laws don't apply to our situation. The laws were applied when there used to be a lot of that, like especially back in the in the chick in the, in the, um, the chicklet circuit. In the, yeah. You you would find you would find like there were there could be five uh, five dimensions, so they could be. Uh, yeah. they, so, um um, Sonny Boy Williams, right? Sonny Boy Williams. There was uh, two or three of him floating around, right? So what happened is with the law, so the the judge or the ruling in court was a was a was a big no no um, to complain. Is that uh, people come and pay tickets and come and see, and then they complain because they're not getting the real deal, right? Um, so the judge, the, the judge. Rule the court rule that uh, uh, whoever owns the trademark, you know, can have the right to exercise the right to own the trademark. Um, but you got to have at least one original member okay. in your in that band that's still alive. Yeah. Okay. And so in our situation, um, there are five people alive. Right. Right. Uh, yep. Five people alive. Yep. Only two is dead. So that that particular. They never thought that was, they thought that would be for everybody, you know, there would be like, there could be seven bands out as war. Each of us decide to go out as a band, right? Sure. And make money as a war band. I mean, that was what that law was to protect that you can't do that. Right. But once, once everybody's dead, then you, then you shouldn't be able to, 
make it look like it's original and tell everybody's no tell why everybody's still alive. You can't. In other words, it's so misleading. Jared Goldstein's bullshit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it's not only him. I mean, you could go to a casino and see the temptations. You know, but they do say, you know, but they do say, they do say it's a trippy band. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it doesn't. No, it's the temptations, and they, they may be, you know, they may take out one of the original members' shoes. You know, I don't know what the hell how they pull it off. Um, you know, there's nobody left, and um, maybe oh, now, there's none. Yeah. There's no, no, not one original member left in Temptations, and they still put the band out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all these little casinos, and um, you know, you could see just about every, you know, and and people don't really care anymore. I don't think. I think people yeah. go to hear the music now. They don't really care yeah. if it's original members, if it's not original members, which is a damn, it's a damn shame. It really is. Um, it is. It is. It is. You're right. But um, you're right. Get, let's get on to happier things. Lee Oscar harmonicas. That has to be an important part of your uh, existence now. And uh, I'm not, I'm not quite following that again. You're, you're the, the harmonica company, Lee Oscar harmonicas. Yeah. That must be yes. that must be such a tribute to you that you have um, an actual harmonica uh, brand out there that's doing very very well. Well, it's, uh, I think all the action is, um, at least partly due to something I purposely did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in a box and say that, uh, well, something really, so, uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate, um, that anybody's very fortunate when we try to do something in business and if it has some success, that's, yeah, that's always a very good sign, yeah. Yeah, but I mean they're great. They're a great instrument. They're a great product, and um, yes, and it's just amazing that. Um, uh, are you the first company that actually started doing the uh, minor keys and the uh, you know the, the alternate tuning keys and things like that? In the yet, in yes, 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 basically yes, but uh, not a hundred percent. The ten hole diatonics. Uh-huh. Uh, always, no matter how many, first of all, no matter how many different models other manufacturers have, like Horner and all that, uh-huh. you know, 20, 30 different models, they all exactly musically the same. They're major diatonics. Right. It just might be, might be, uh, temper tuned or, uh-huh. or just different color plates or different looks and all that. It's all musically, sure. it's all the same. Right. They, they had what they, what I call a harmonic minor. They call it the orchestrum mole. Mole means minor in oh, European. Okay. So they have orchestra mole, but they also had orchestra major, which was, uh, you might have seen, it's like a metal weave around uh, the wood and the front of the harmonica. Right, right. It has metal uh, uh, covering the, the, uh, the dividers of yes. the wood. Yes. Yeah. So they made that in minor and major. So the minor was would be a, a harmonic minor. Okay, and and the major would just be the typical uh, diatonic, major diatonic, mixolydian scale on the drawing. Uh-huh. Anyhow, that's that's pretty normal. But uh, yes, I was the first to come out with other tunings uh, like the melody maker, which other companies are copying me now on, uh-huh. calling it calling it a melodic maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't call it melodic. That's my trademark name, melody maker. Well, but anyhow, it, um, the natural minor is also one of mine. Um, I had many tunings, but I had to, I had to choose, Elliot, I had to choose when I started manufacturing with Factory Japan 
uh, Champo in Japan. Right. I had to choose uh, only a couple of tunings. I have many tunings because everything you set up is the machines and it's not, there's no impulse. It's not like a hobby. Right. Uh, you can just, up, hey, let's try this now. You know, it's manufacturing. It's a whole other animal where you got to know exactly everything you want to do and then you got to set up uh, how you want to set up the machines to do it. Right. Uh, it's much more complicated than just doing it uh, in, by impulse. Um, so we have I have many tunings if you ever want to get some ideas, but um, yeah. but yes, I mean, I mean you're, you're so great. You want to play um, um, reggae? You, you know, you guys point uh, people to you know whatever your minor key uh, um, it depends. pieces. Yeah, reggae. Yeah, yeah, reggae has major plays major all minor. It depends right, right, on, right, uh, right, 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 right. But I mean, you could get a you, you could you know do anything with your harmonicas. Now you also have the interchangeable reeds. It's all interchangeable replays. Yeah. So, can, so not intentionally. Yeah. Is it possible to set up your own tuning if you purchase yes. different reads? Yes. Uh, it's possible to uh, combine mix and match replays. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but uh, there's only certain things, and then then beyond that, then you you can mix and match replays, but but tuning as well, uh-huh. because. Uh, the, the the blow and draw replay the blow and draw read that vibrates in the same chamber uh-huh. harmonically speaking which everything is based on when there's two reeds vibrating in the same chamber uh, sympathetics and all that with the with the uh, with the frequencies and notes uh, it has to be um, rather rarely in harmonics uh, so you can't have uh-huh. the blow read and draw read be extremely far too far apart uh, okay. t- t- um, but if it's, but yeah, you can mix and match replays and you can also learn how to tune so you can tune in a particular read yeah. to make it, uh, vibrate another note. Uh, there's so many, there's so many options and they and they all have advantages because you know why a read can, when you read can bend and when it cannot bend. You know why, right? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, um, well, it's all, all based on, um, you know, the blowing, you know, the blowing draw. It has to do with the relationship between the blow and draw read. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, the relationship. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Wow. So, wow, that's incredible. I never knew. Um, so, let me ask you a question. Before you were playing your harmonicas, what were you using? Yeah. Honers? I had to. Uh, that was it. Uh, Honer was was what was available, and uh, yeah. and I had to tinker with a lot of it to fix things, because I would say one out of every ten harmonicas uh that I could buy when I when I back then when I had when I had a little bit of money not enough money but to me it was a lot of money because I was from the streets mm. and I when I started making a little bit of money uh, that was a lot to me sure. I bought every harmonica up I could buy from like Don Rios Music Store in San Francisco literally hundreds I bought up harmonicas wow. and then I would find one out of every ten was only good yeah rest of them I had to tinker with and fix really. Well, yeah, I used to, I used, well, I still have homeowners. I have a couple of yours too. Um, so anyway, you, um. Wait a minute, what, 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 what brand do you usually use them? I, I'm using, uh, I have your, um, I have a couple of your miners actually. I have to get a couple of more. Um, right. Now, now you have that Popper Elliott. What, what is that about? Okay. So the Grandpa Elliott harmonica. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened? You know, playing for change. You know that, right? Yes. PC. Okay. Yeah. So PFC. A few you, you play for change. Yeah. So a few years ago, not so long. I don't know how long. Maybe two, three, four, five years. I don't know when. Uh, yeah, maybe five. 
Um, I connected with um, with Mark Johnson and um, and the people from Playing for Change. He's the founder, and other people there. Um, and it was, you know, it was just I was so excited about when I learned about Playing for Change because it reminds me so much of, of my idea of music myself. I mean, I I did my road, our road album, uh-huh. which is one of the albums. Um, which I just terminated. I just got it back a little while ago. Um, from I got it back because uh, it's terminated. Um, but that was a big album to me, my old our old album, and it has it has in a very simplified way what what Plank of Change is doing in a big way. Um, just just introducing different textures and elements that is all you know musical instruments that is all about music. You know, it's it's all about music. I don't care. You, the world is small, and you mix all the instruments. You mix things together. You know, yeah. it's not about. You know, I don't believe in this pure shit. Uh-huh. Pure shit is public. I think what I do is pure, and what people think traditionally is pure is the most unpure thing you could ever do. Yeah, well, you're probably right. Because you know, if you're pure, then you got to be in the moment. Yep. Talk about what yep. express what you feel in the moment, not try to plagiarize something that you think is. The perfect, uh, the, the proper way somebody else did it. You know. Uh huh. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, yeah. Go so, ahead. so, 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 um, I mean, I could go on with you for another two hours. You had, um, you actually have hits from a couple of years ago that people probably don't even know you were on. Uh, you were sampled for that great uh, uh, disco, not you know, dance piece, Timber. Yeah, that was the one that saved me. That's the one that got me, uh, uh, that, that opened the door so I can get my stuff terminated and get done. Yeah, 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 and that was with Greg? You wrote that with Greg? Uh, Greg, Greg and I wrote, yeah, he wrote, uh, part of San Francisco Bay. Yeah, San yeah. Francisco Bay, right? Yeah, uh, he and I, and then, uh, wrote the music, and Carrie, my ex-wife, wrote the lyrics. Okay, and, um, that I'll, you know, it's, it's,
Some kind of war tune or Lee Oscar tune? Oh, Lee Oscar, I believe. Oh, I'd like to hear what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up for you. I'll, I'll let you know. Also, um, so yes, I mean, Timber is a staple in every uh, DJ's uh, playlist. That, that that must be played a million times, a, you know, a year. And that and that was my harmonica. Um, my harmonica, my original harmonica on uh, San Francisco Bay. Uh-huh. The intro to the record, da 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 da, da da da, you know, um, and um, it's amazing what it money financially what it um, what it brought to the table. Yeah. Um, okay, you know, and there was a lot. So, so here's a quick, huh? here's a quick one. San Francisco Bay, 
was sampled by Timber. Um, All I Ever Wanted by Maze sampled that tune. And uh, right. Hoffy, I guess that is. Dynamite Deluxe. Then, Never heard of it. then you had a tune called Our. I mean, I know your tunes, but Our Road was sampled by Jeru the Damaja, Black Moon, and DJ Orange Julius. Really? I like to hear these. And then, yes, I'm singing was sampled by You Can't Stop the Prophet and Revenge of the Prophet. And what are you seeing all this information? It's like it's under one roof somewhere. Where are you seeing it? Yeah, I'll send you a link. Okay. And then, great. and then, haunted hose by Moose sampled your haunted house. Yeah, and there's. Uh, I also heard haunted house is huge in Chicago yeah. in the underground doing this certain dance. They call it what they call it step something dance. Yep. Go to go to. Um, the site it's whosampled.com and just type mm-hmm. your name, whosampled.com and just type your name in there. Okay, good. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, obviously war has been sampled. Um, you know, war is, uh, I'm sure the millions of people, uh, deliver the really? word. Deliver the word was sampled, and uh, you know, just tons. I of mean, stuff. war. What, what, hold on. When you say war itself, you talking about a song in war? You talking about just the music of war? The music of war. Uh, the first, oh. but the first list I gave you was just you. Lee, you know, there's no, no, I know that. Yeah, you, you you just said war, and I wasn't sure if it's a song war that. No, 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 no. Slipping into darkness was sampled. The world is a ghetto. Yeah, yeah, Low rider. Yeah. Deliver the oh, word. Yeah. Magic Mountain. Um, smile, happy right. thousands and thousands of people sampling right. war material. It's all on this. It's all on this website. Who sample well, dot com. So, so let so let's let's let me share uh, something else. I want if you don't mind. Um, you know, in terms of talking about music uh, products that's been released and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, back in the days, back in the days when uh, you know when I was more or less a kid and we had a lot of hits of getting that and um, I was a pain he asked a lot of people uh-huh. in our kids because I, I I ask questions and I want to know and uh, sometimes it's it's if that's not a wrong thing that's a good thing to do but people sometimes sure. get annoyed because they can't make themselves look like they know everything okay <laughs> basically that's what it is so I I um. First of all, when you cut, when you talk, you, back in the days of Tower Records, right? You take Tower Records, and um, when yourself, when you would walk in, for example, Elliot, um, were you uh, like most people? Were you, you you are influenced by categories, right? Even though yes, you don't want to admit you don't, you don't judge a book by the cover, but yet you do. That's for me. Um, well, I'm a little different. I was a fanatic. I would go to Tower Records. Um, you know, I used to I used to manage stadiums and things, so I'd get out of work very very late. Oh my God! Yeah, and I would yeah, and I would stop by at Tower Records, and um, right. if I was lucky enough to get them, you know, an hour or two before they closed, I was I went through every rack until they threw me out of the store. Um, wow! You yeah. know, that that was me, and. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think people are kind of um, pigeonholed into categories. Yeah. So why I bring this up is because I think in uh, in my 
in the nature of me, I'm a, I, I naturally, I'm a, I'm more of a marketing person than I'm a salesperson. Right. Um, I love marketing. To me, it can be as creative as composing music. Um, and I find a lot of people, a lot of industries and people in the industries have no idea about marketing. They use the word marketing, but they have no idea. And they are very confused about sales. Sales and marketing is two, two totally different animals. Right. Um, you know, um, the way I explain it, uh, uh, if you don't mind me taking a little time, I just want to explain myself because maybe this might be something sounds like you already thought about yourself or maybe it might be interesting. But, but first of all, marketing, if, if you compare marketing to sales, um, I would compare that a salesperson is the same as the, as the builder. Um, I would say the marketing person is the same as the architect. Okay. Sure. So if you, if you, if you are going to build a house, um, that you can really actually have the money to build your ideas for a house, you would, you would want to have a builder to build it. But before you have a builder build it, you would want to get an architect, right? Sure. Okay. Well, the architect is the same as the marketing person. Um, and the marketing person can come up with brilliant ideas for marketing. And if the boss who hired you, you as a marketing person hears your idea and, but has no idea about what marketing is, he would then say to the person he hires, great idea, now go and sell it. Okay. And if the marketing person couldn't say to you, if you just got hired by this guy and then you're going to say to this guy who hired you, well, I, Thanks for believing in my idea, but I can't sell it. Right. That, would, that would sound weird, right? Like, you just gave me a good idea that you tell me to, to sell, and now you tell me you can't sell it, right? Um, but people don't understand marketing like the architect. You can't tell the architect to go and build the fucking house after you've done a beautiful job with your ideas and his ideas and a blueprint, a blue, right? Yeah. He, he's so doesn't mean he can build it. He's got to need to build it. Yeah, that's like so, that's kind of like a writer and a performer. You could write the tune, but you can't exactly. perform it, right? On. You're hitting it. You're hitting it right on. Same thing. Okay. Same thing. That's why mediocrity rules today, because everybody thinks they can do everything and have no idea. And just because you can do it somewhat, it doesn't mean it's the best. Well, I'm, uh, glad, I'm, gl I'm glad you brought this up, because I talk to a lot of people and I bring this up to almost everybody I speak to. What is more important now, being a good musician or a good social marketing person? I it depends on I, it depends on which side you're standing. I mean, if I'm standing on the side of want to have success, I say marketing. If I'm standing on the if I'm standing on the side of what do I want to apply to make success, I, I got to stand next to something that I really believe is good. I mean, it's it's. You see, um, if I, what, what? in your position, it'd be, I guess it's kind of difficult. Lee, Lee Oscar, the harmonica player, is different than Lee Oscar, the harmonica producer. You know, the man who produces, who, you know, who, who actually makes the harmonicas. Okay. Right? So there are three things. Yeah, there are three things. Uh -huh. There's manufacturing that right. you were hitting on. Right. And when you say producing, that's uh that's that's all that's also another another thing compared to playing. Yeah, I mean marketing. Producing. I mean marketing the harmonica itself now. Yeah. So so marketing well, the harmonica and playing and producing is different than actually marketing. 
you know, you know, uh, manufacturing the harmonica, I think marketing is more important. But being the player and everything else, I still think music's more important. It, it, it doesn't make sense how you're asking me. I, I think I understand. I, I mean, there's no such thing as, I mean, to say the more important, more important than what? Okay, if you're going to say more important, the more is more important than what? Okay, I think you being a proficient player, putting out incredible music, okay? Right. Is different than, let's say I sit down behind my computer. Right. And I do something on my computer using Pro Tools or whatever without any musicians. Yeah. And then yeah. me being a social marketing expert sell more pieces than you do because I'm better at social marketing. Uh, okay. You know, uh, that may be the reason or it may not be the reason. Uh, it, it, there's also, there's also a qualification required that the material itself's got to be really good. Um, right? It's not just, uh, you can't. Well, it's like saying a marketing person can sell anything and yeah. somebody who does something really good, uh, if they don't have marketing skills, they can't sell it. That may be true. You need marketing skills no matter how good it is, but it's got to be good to get through the gate too. Yeah. Um, unless, unless it's short term. There's, um, there's two kinds of greeds in this world. Let me, let me put it this way. I think, Elliot, if we're going to talk about greed, everything is greed. Let's just, if we can just agree on one thing here, if we were to say everything is, is greed, uh -huh. there are just, there are two kinds of greed. There's short-term greed uh -huh. and long-term greed. And, uh, if you, if most people do things for short-term, most people, uh, that's why mediocrity rules because everybody wants to, thinks they can do so much themselves and, and, um, so they do. And that's what right. ends up living, taking up space and that, and it's a lot of it is so mediocre. You know, yeah. but uh, and if you convince somebody it's good and they buy it, they buy it. But it doesn't mean they buy it for long term. Right. And buy it for they buy it for short term, and then they, they say, "What kind of bullshit is this?" <laughs> yeah, but nobody's. But you see, when it comes to music, nobody's buying anything anyway. It's all streamed now. So if you're a good, but they are buying. Yeah, they are buying it. They're just buying it. Uh, they're buying it in a different format to listen to it. Yeah. they don't own it. They, they can't hold it. What it's, what it's coming out of is not through some physical source, that like a record, or a vinyl, but but they are paying for the music. Yeah, but um, they're kind of leasing it, right? They're kind of renting it. Oh well, if you're paying for the music, um, that's still may if you're leasing it, you're still paying for it. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but. But I was gonna go ahead. I'm sorry. No, somebody. I'm, I'm giving you like, the microphone's all yours. You're the boss tonight. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in everything you're saying. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Well, my, my corpus is seeing so many things at the same time. I want to tell you, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because I think now hashtags are more important than actual talent. You know, log logarithms, hashtags. Um, um. Okay. So what? What you? What you? What you are fixated on, I, I call it fixated, which um, we all get fixated more because there's, there's so many values and things have changed with the technologies and how we live and lifestyles and everything. Um, yeah, it, it, we're in a day and era today that a lot of things that was valuable, uh, commodity-wise or whatever, is not the same tan is not tangible the same way anymore. Uh -huh. Because right. the biggest value today, if you look at it, is companies that 
that have ways to manipulate getting information, right? Information is the most valuable thing. Sure. Not, not, not the quality of my manufacturing harmonica or the, I mean, their the values have, have changed and, um, and where values are put in so many things because of the way we socialize and the way we live and everything. So, um, but it's all temporary. <laughs> it's all temporary. Um, well, but I, no, go ahead. I, because yeah, I want to tell you about Tower Records. You see, yeah, I, never I, I want to go back to Tower Records because um, yeah, so I, 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 I've been talking to Drift Trager and Bill Parazzo. Do you know them? Who? They helped. No. They helped Solomon put together Tower Records in the old days. But they, okay, you take it away. I just wanted to mention about like marketing. So my idea, and I'll come to Tower Records. And if I get too far away, remind me Tower Records. Okay. My my idea, because we're talking about playing for change too. I love music, and I and and I'm not stuck in a category. I don't even like categories. I don't believe in categories. There's only two reasons for to categorize, categorize music. Two reasons. One is marketing, and the other is librarians. Where to fire? Okay? okay. Yep. That's librarians and marketing people. So marketing, marketing is is. Is selling the story. He's telling the story. Right. That's the marketing. People never buy products. People never ever buy products. Very very rarely. Even if somebody buys a car, they don't know shit about cars, but they end up telling you it's the best car they bought. They bought the story. They never buy the product. So once they buy the product, it better live up to the story. But they never bought the product. They bought the story, and then the product. Better live up to it. Okay. So that's that's the, that's the marketing selling the story, and the salesperson can close the deal, right? Sure. Um, because it's, because the marketing is all being put there, okay. you know. Yep, so yep, salesperson yep. can tell any fucking story just to close the deal because right. he will. Yep. Sales guy can't stand it if he walks away without selling. So he'll say anything to sell. So the people bought the fucking story, and it was not a good story. It was a good story, but the product didn't act the same way, and now they're unhappy, even though it could be the best product in the world. Right. It's not what they expected. So you walk into Tower Records, and you say, oh, man, oh, uh, gospel, oh, oh uh, uh, opera. Oh, man, I hate that shit. Oh, hey, there's, 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 there's the pop state. There's the pop department. Oh, man, I love pop. Okay, so, so the guy goes into the pop department, and he had just... He's one of the people that listens to a lot of radio stuff that, that played even the war stuff, like Cisco Kid or uh -huh. uh, Why Can't Be Friends and all that stuff. Huge hits. Right. Um, never saw the record, the album or the single in, in, when he walked into the pop. Uh, the people who walk into the R&B, Rhythm and Blues, never saw it either. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, they saw it because it's black. Right. Uh, somebody walked into the jazz department. Never saw it either. But yet we had Cisco Kid. We had World is a Ghetto. I can definitely tell you World is a Ghetto was played in three different formats, three different rotations at the same time. On the, on the pop stations. Right. On the rhythm and blues stations. And on the, um, jazz stations. Okay. They were playing in rotation, the same tune. And so spontaneity wise, Kids goes into Tower Records based on the category that they are attracted to, and they didn't find it. But yet the that same category is the particular station they listen to. It's a jazz station or it's a sure. pop station. 
but he wasn't on V's station. Anybody who didn't listen to on V, um, who heard that song would never find the album unless they asked for it at Tower Records. Okay? Yeah. How many people, what percentage we lost business? If they had, out of every 10 albums, they put, let's say, six in pop, uh, three in R&B, and one in jazz, maybe you've got some kind of leverage in the average, you know, percentage-wise, and you, and you, especially when it's been playing in all three formats, and right. you know that, industry knows that, they should reflect that in the store, too. You can find it in any three categories. Uh-huh. But they did. So how smart is that in business? That's dumb. That's that's it bad is. marketing. It is. It is bad marketing. It's it's because you uh don't yeah because you know the 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 only thing in sales that you really have going for you other than your talent is the availability of the product. Right. Right. And making not only availability. Availability is is hard enough, but uh, to make to make sure that everybody's Every momentum that's needed to remind anybody who potentially would, would like to know, uh, how, how would they come across that to find out or know even? You know what I'm saying? It's a, yeah. um, it's a big wall between things, which is unfortunate. The same thing, you take Lee Oscar harmonicas. What do I use my, what do I recommend? What do I use? I use microphones. I use effect pedals. Um, why wouldn't it be just a smart thing for a distributor or especially a retail store who sells all these different items, including in the Lias Carmonicas, for the sales guy to say, um, the kid to say, hey, uh, you love the Lias Carmonicas, man. I, I'll tell you something else I would recommend. Try to play to that whammy or try to play to that. Yeah. But he thought that's for guitar. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's for guitar. That's an application. Just try it, you know? Right. Instead of just saying, Market for guitar. It's, not like, it's an application. It's not a guitar pedal. Um, so people think it's the way people think or don't think that's going to make the difference in marketing. Okay, it's because no one thing lives lives exists by itself. It's always going to be interacting, whether it's a piece of equipment or whatever it is with something else. So there's a lot of cross play, a lot of cross promotions, a lot of things that can tie in. Add-ons. Add-ons. Yes. Yeah. Add-ons, anything. So that's the creative part that a lot of people don't see. They only see what's already been proven in front of their eyes. Harmonicas for blues. Um, if you're going to buy replays for the Lias Harmonicas, buy yourself a chromatic tuner so you so you can at least see the tuning on there and, and then break up some tools or um, call the Oscar Harmonicas and ask how to, how to make some harmonica tools. I don't know. I mean, there's so much more than the bullshit people buy, okay? How, yeah, how come vinyl's coming back? What's that? How come vinyl is so popular again? My opinion? No, vinyl. You know, vinyl records. Yeah, my my opinion. Well, it's a it's a common it's a common phenomenon with the way human beings are. You have human beings who's been think about this. I'm, I'm taking it to a deeper level than you probably want me to. Think about this. When when how old are you now? That's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sixty five. Okay, so okay, so you were you were still you were born and you were around when we was when we had a ritual. We open up the uh, the vinyl record. We, oh, yeah. we open up the package. We read everything and we put it on the turntable. And we all sitting around. There's not even a, a there's not even a um, a, a, a screen or something to see visuals. It's just right. audio. Right. And you, it's not even it's not even eight track. We're trying to do the, holo, the hologram, whatever the fuck it is. Right. It's not even four four channel. It's just 
stereo, and we would sit in the living room, all of us, sit around and listen to it like it was a, it was a ritual. It was beautiful, listening to music together, right? Yeah. We were like, wow. You know? you okay. Had, and, and, you, and you had to save up your money to get it. Yeah, there's a lot of things. And then the, then the event of sitting around with your friends, listening yep, to it. Yep. And then, and then all that was special and all that. And it's, and it's like the fourth, it's, it's, it's the center of the living room, what we are focusing on. Yep. And then you gotta put it away, make sure you don't scratch and everything. So that was a whole commodity of, of furniture or equipment that, that lived with us while we loved listening to music for many years. Right. And then you had the grunge bands and all that stuff come up. Um, a new gener generation of music, no different than any other generation, but it's their generation. And now it's CDs. So those kids were huge fans of grunge music or whatever. They didn't have um, turntables. So I can see them being young um, in, in times today where they could, wow, I could buy my favorite tune by grunge or whatever the band was. They see yeah. I can get that on vinyl. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, Nevada, I can get it on vinyl now. Yeah. We didn't ever have vinyl. That was my grandparents, you know. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I can see that. Oh, my album, Never Forget, which is a very orchestra, a lot of orchestra in it. Yes. It's a beautiful album. I'm going to release the first quarter next year. Uh -huh. um, that album, uh, you know, I have a record label called Dreams We Share. I don't know if I told you that. No, not Do yet. Do I tell you? Not yet. Okay. I just got to tell my granddaughter I'm going to call her back. One second. Hey, Jesse, I'm going to have to call you back, okay? Alrighty, Papa. I just wanted to call and say goodnight. I'm going to hop in the shower and stuff. Oops. I'm going to lay down. You're going to lay down? You, 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 you're going to hit the side now? Not right now. I'm going to shower and eat, and then I'm going to go to sleep. But I just wanted to call and make sure to okay. talk to you. Told you I loved you. All right. Love you too, honey. I'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Okay. Good night. Thank you. Love you too. Don't you love grandkids? That's my granddaughter. She's 18. Don't you love grandkids? I have two living, huh? I have two grandkids living with me. I love them. Uh, An 11 year old and a, uh, 8 year old. Congratulations. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, They're the greatest. Doing great. So, um, real quick, so the vinyl records to me is like a novelty that fits certain certain reasons, but not across the board. Or everything, I, I can't see the war fans going out and buying new new vinyl records. I mean, some might because they they love yeah. their records and scratch, but it, it's it's like anything in marketing. There's a niche and why and whatever you know. Right, because right, uh, right, right. you know Tower Records reopened. Well, they in some parts of the world. I mean, United States, you mean? Yeah, they're they uh, they're online now. It's you know, it's just. Uh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's all they're doing is uh, vinyl. I think a lot of vinyl. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's worth something to, to trademark and all that. So they're going to eke out something to yep. try to make something. Well, yep, yep, of course. Yep. But I remember opening up the album was a ritual. You know, you'd smell that, uh, you know, uh, when you open, cracked open, you know, especially a gatefold, you cracked open that spine, and and you were kind of, um, it was like Alice in Wonderland, you went down the hole, and you just kind of, <laughs> and you just kind of, you know, you and that album became one for weeks, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Because you had right. to save up your money to buy it. it. You know, music is, you know, you could find music on YouTube free now, all day if you wanted to. But you really had to want that album to, 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 you know, 
open up your wallet and buy it, actually purchase it, and and you know you kind of loved it. Each one was a different friend kind of thing, and um, yeah, I think once some um, CDs popped up, that that whole feeling went away. It was a whole different. Uh, well, it's a different ritual. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yep, there's yep, no. Yep. I mean, it's literally a ritual to have to take out of the vinyl, uh, dust it, and put it on, and you know, I mean, all that stuff is ritual. And um, yep. yeah, we've we've come a long ways where we are occupied or or or, or, or want to be entertained, occupied by more busy stuff. Uh-huh. You got to have a screen. You got to watch a video with it and everything. I mean, people are. <laughs> Everybody wants more, 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 and uh, and and but the quality, the sound itself is so compressed. When you were listening to your vinyl records back then, back years ago, and I'm sure you didn't have a really the highest, uh, you no, know, quality. Oh, no, not as a kid. No, nope, not as a kid. You know, right? But the stuff that was even considered just average or normal was was actually very good sounding stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Back then, I remember I had I had a Harmon card and. You know, like all in one system type thing. It was, you yeah. Know, it was great. I loved it. I loved it. And um, um, so, Lee, what, what are your future plans? What do we do in music wise from this point? Well, uh, let me let me let me just tell you about dreams we share. I mean, there's so many things I want to tell. You. Okay. Um, a record company called Dreams We Share, and uh, I have released two products so far. Uh, the first product. Uh, was only released in Japan, and then it just did the epidemic hit, you know. So um, it's a jazz, it's a, it's a saxophone player. His name is uh, uh, Miyazaki. Okay. Takahiro Miyazaki. Used him playing all the Oscar compositions. Uh-huh. Uh, released him in Japan, uh, where we were going to sell it at his gigs, concerts, and obviously that. Sure. That died before it even got a chance to even yeah, yeah, yeah. use it because that was, you know, it was beginning of the year or the end of last year that we released that. So anyway, so that's in Japan on hold till uh, things happen again. And but the other album is called So Much Trouble, So Much Trouble, and it's David Rotundo. He's out of Toronto, Canada, um, who I've become good friends with, uh, like my little brother. He sings. Performs, plays harmonica, writes great, write great songs. Um, I produced him. It was a, it was like a dream come true too, because I like producing other people besides myself. Sure. And so I produced, I produced this album on him. So much trouble. It is number, it is number one and number six. It's in many charts around the world. Well, this is the end of part one of our interview with Lee Oscar. Part two will be available shortly. Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. So don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's bacon or sausage egg and cheese biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Only Wendy's serves a better breakfast with a better biscuit. Our hot buttery breakfast biscuits are loaded with a fresh cracked egg, cheese, and your choice of bacon or sausage. Did we mention the part where Wendy's biscuits are hot and buttery? Wendy's breakfast biscuits, hot and buttery. 
so don't take a chance with those other guys. Bet on a better breakfast with Wendy's Bacon or Sausage Egg and Cheese Biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Fly on the Wall. There are more great interviews to follow so please list us as one of your favorites and be sure to follow. We are listener funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Please remember to share our info. Thanking you all.